Welcome to This Week in Colerain Cardinals Athletics here on wearecolerain.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports. My name is Jason Griefer, and once again, we are joined by Colerain Athletic Director Craig Yulin and Assistant AD Mike Wiseman. Uh, gentlemen, good to have you back here with us. Let's get right into it. We've got a loaded show here today, as we always do. Let's start off in the in the bowling lanes. Uh, boys bowling first, uh, two and one. Uh, over the last week, they're currently sitting in, in uh, second place right now behind Mason and Middletown, who are both 7-1 league, your team at 6-2, and two, but picked up wins over Northwest and then Lakota West, and then Friday come up short against LaSalle, and seeing the scores come in, LaSalle had a combined team score of over 3,000, which doesn't happen very often. LaSalle has an excellent, excellent bowling program. But nevertheless, uh, a really good litmus test late in the season uh, for your team. Craig, let me start with you. Are they looking at this coming out of it as, hey, LaSalle just bowled really well, but it also gives us an idea of the kind of strength of competition we're going to see once we get into the postseason? Yeah, definitely. You know, I think, um, yeah, they've had a last, you know, a really good last couple of weeks. And, um, you know, the game Friday against the match Friday against LaSalle, uh, you know, I think some of their averages, uh, their scores were a little low compared to, you know, their averages, but uh, they know that, they're the top competition right now with Sal and, and boys bowling. And it gives them an idea of what to face, what they're going to face in the tournament. And I think, um, you know, they just had their draw this past Sunday. They got, they got the eight seed, which is, which is about where they want to be and where they thought they would be. And, and, and they're kind of getting, uh, kind of getting geared up for the tournament. So they're excited. Mike, you've been this, through this situation like that before as a coach. And when you take on a team, that is, you know, has a reputation coming in as being a very, very strong team. You know, this in bowling, I'm sure you've seen it uh, on the soccer pitch. When you come out of a match like that, knowing that you played well and still came up short, how do you approach that as a coach and the message to your team going forward? You know, you just have to look for the positives. Um, you know, obviously there's they had strong bowls by uh, my Nick Deedwald. Um, they had a couple of nice performances by their other consistent bowlers for the season. Uh, but you just have to take the positives and, you know, maybe take some uh, minor changes, make some minor tweaks to what you saw. And, you know, hopefully next time that maybe they get a little bit off and you might be on and you just kind of have to see how it goes. But definitely, definitely find the positives because you, you can't harp on a can't harp on the bad things, especially when you're playing a good team or, you know, bowling against a good team. You just you just have to take every positive you can out of it. Over on the girls' side, girls have been coming on strong as of late. They've won their last three. They're sitting at four and two in the league, seven and three overall. It's third place uh, in the in the GMC right now. They're slated to take on uh, Lakota East on a little bit later today, Tuesday, as a matter of fact, before Oak Hills a little bit later in the week. Uh, Craig, looking at the scores coming in these last three games, very consistent across the board, 23-42 against Northwest, 24-57 against Lakota West, 24-25 against Middletown. That's three three total matches really, really close as far as score goes. Is that what the coaching staff was wanting to see as we're nearing the regular scenes that did not only pick up the wins, but the consistency from match to match? Well, yeah, I, I definitely think consistency right now is important. Um, you know, after – they just spent the last uh, two weeks uh, before this week um, shut down and uh, they just, they just got started back up last week. And, and yeah, I would definitely think right now consistency is important. Um, they also got the eighth seed in the tournament draw, uh, which is maybe a little lower than where they thought they would be, but I think it's something to be uh, proud of, you know, being top 10 in the city, uh, same as the boys and, and uh, you know, their sectionals coming up in two weeks. So, 
um, just like the boys, they're gearing up for the tournament, and I think uh, they're going to make their strides at the right time. Let's switch gears and let's move on to the hardwood. And, uh, Mike, I'll start with you with this one. Let's talk about the boys first. Uh, finally scheduled to return to action after some uh, time off, as we documented on last week's uh, program. They are slated to take on uh, Lakota East this coming Friday and then a road trip to Middletown on Saturday to resume uh, league play. And we talked about kind of the starts and stops that a lot of programs have, and we now have had one with the boys' basketball team. Uh, how much work have they been able to get in as a team during this hiatus so that when Friday arrives, they're ready to go and don't and have been able to knock off the rust? Well, the guys who were not uh, quarantined have been working out with uh, Coach Cos- Cosgrove and the other guys. Uh, but we get the rest of them back, I think, either today or tomorrow when they can get back to to full strength. You know, I think at this point in time, it's it's kind of building towards that maybe a, a strong tournament run. Uh, you know, it was one of my strong messages that I always told my kids. Everybody forgets the regular season. You go two, three, four deep in the tournament. Uh, you can kind of maybe plan for that and kind of maybe push them to get to that level. Maybe knock off a couple of those teams and, you know, make a little bit of a memorable run for them. So that's, that's would be my, you know, my message, I think going forward um, to those guys coming back. So we'll see what happens there when they're back in action this coming Friday, Craig over on the girls side, uh, girl, get, girls continue to have a, a really, really nice season as we've documented uh, here on the show and looking at where things are now sitting in fifth place in the GMC coming off of a non-conference route of Ross winning that game, 80 to 19 after a, a tough one against Lakota West hard fought game, but uh, Lakota West got the win there. It, you look at the way things are now you've got regular season games scheduled at Hamilton and then Saturday hosting undefeated Mason to close out the regular season. So tough stretch to end the regular season, no doubt. And we've, we also know, you know, as well as anybody, how good this league is in girls basketball from top to bottom. I and mean, your team's had a very fine season, but we now also know the postseason draw. It was announced uh, since we last reconvened that uh, you're going to get Harrison in round one. That will take place on Saturday, February the 13th. We also look ahead a little bit because you always wonder about what potential matchups are. And we see Sycamore and Lakota East uh, in the same side of the draw. So there are potential matchups there. They're a little bit ahead of you. They're right around you. I should say the same. Sycamore just above you. Lakota East right behind you. So, again, very evenly matched teams across the board right there. Let's talk about the draw first. What was your reaction when the draw came out and what was the reaction of the coaching staff when they saw the initial matchup and where it could lead down the road? Yeah, I definitely think it's a, a very favorable draw. Um, I think it's exactly what they looked for. Uh, you know, you got Mason and, and, um, and you know, Lakota West and, and MND there at the top seat of the, of the bracket. Um, but for them to, to get the draw that they had, or they have, I think it's, I think it puts them in a really great shape to get to uh, potentially, you know, sectional final, maybe a district district final. Um, you know, Harrison, we played it. Luckily we, we already saw him earlier in the year. So we know that we, what we need to fix to, to be successful in that game. And, and, you know, we could potentially get the winner of the, the second round game, which could be Sycamore, which we've already faced uh, this year. And I think uh, at the top end of the bracket, you got Lakota East and, and uh, Edgewood, I think. And I think any of those games really, um, they'll be competitive, but they got a really good chance of, of competing well against. And, and like I said, it's a very favorable draw. The coaching staff is, is uh, looking forward to the tournament, and so am I. So it should be good. 
Mike, I'm going to turn it back to you in that perspective. When you look at, when you see, and you, you, like I said, you went through this yourself as a coach, when you see the draw unveiled and you see a setup that favors your team, is that something you talk about with your kids right away that, Hey, look, we got a really good draw here and we really got a chance to make a run if we shore up X, Y, and Z. Absolutely. I mean, you just, you have to be honest with them and, you know, we've had several of those conversations and I, and like Craig said, I think it's a great draw for them. Uh, see a lot of teams that they've already played, uh, maybe didn't necessarily get the win against, but definitely teams that they, they competed with. Um, so I think definitely looking at that, if, if they, they take care of, they play defense like they did last night, I was watching a little bit on Facebook. I mean, there are a couple of times they couldn't even get across half court for the five, six possessions. So, you know, I think if they could kind of turn that defensive heat up and keep that up and, and make some shots when it matters, you know, I think they, they have the potential, like Craig said, sectional finals, district finals, you know, and when you get to those points, you know, it's just, hey, who's ready to show up tonight? Who's ready to battle? So, And we look at the box score from that game. Again, it was a lopsided affair in favor of your team. And, and, and if you're going to have a lopsided, make it in your favor. But uh, the thing that stood out to me in looking at the numbers from that game is you had eight players score at least six points in the game. Of course, we know how good Abigail McNally is. She's going to be, you know, she's going to be first team all conference, no doubt about it. But, uh, Craig, how big is it late in the season especially to start getting this level of consistent production one through eight, not just one through five. Um, well, in their, their situation, um, you know, they don't really have the depth that they would like to have. So they've been consistently playing the same seven, eight girls every game. So I think they're, uh, you know, like with all the other sports gearing up for their tournament, they're just trying to make some, some fine tuning adjustments before they, you know, start the postseason, And I think, uh, you know, they're going to wrap up this week with Hamilton um, tomorrow night and then Mason on Saturday. Uh, obviously Mason first in the conference, 15 and 0 undefeated. Um, but then, you know, they'll, they'll be ready to roll next week. And like I said, they, they know they got a favorable draw and, and I think they already got the scouting report on all those opponents and, and they're ready to go. So. Let's switch gears. Let's move on to AQT. And last week we talked how it had been a long, long time since Coleraine had beaten Sycamore uh, in the regular season, over a decade, uh, as a matter of fact. That streak finally came to an end. You were able to get get win one of the two games against Sycamore there. You win the second game there, 75-69. But even the first one, Sycamore only gets you by 13 points. So you're, you're just right there. Uh, with one of the better teams, obviously, around the area. So you're now sitting at 7-1. and one. You're right behind Mason, who is undefeated right now at, at 8-0 and at the top of the standings. Uh, Mike, how big of a confidence boost was it for the team and even for the coaching staff to know that that albatross has kind of been hanging over the head with Sycamore and then to finally able be able to break through and beat them and get a win? You know, that's a – it was a it was a constant conversation we always had as coaches is hey who who do we who do we have to get over that hump with to really get that confidence that that we are as good as anybody else in this league and and we can compete with anybody and you know obviously it was a, probably a a great kind of relief for him maybe uh, to finally get that win uh, so hopefully you know it kind of continues to carry over for the rest of the season and they you know they've got Mason in two weeks so hopefully maybe uh, maybe we'll knock that one off and you know see where we can go from there. <laughs> Craig, what does that do for the team's confidence? You know, you've, as, as Mike said, you've got Mason coming in two weeks, but you have Lakota East coming up uh, here this week. Lakota East sitting in mid-pack right now. 
in the in the conference. I, I have to imagine confidence is pretty high in the program. Oh yeah, I, w- I would think so. I think we've talked about this before. You know, they got they had really high expectations for themselves coming into the season, especially after the year they had last year. And um, you know, they'll we'll see how we do um, tomorrow against Lakota East, and and then they got Mason next week, which is uh, you know their first place in the league undefeated. So uh, you know, see how they do tomorrow, and and then hopefully they got uh, they can take a chance or take a shot at at the the number one team, the Comets. We'll be looking forward to talking about that on next week's program. Uh, let's move into the pool now and uh, league championships uh, over the weekend. And uh, surprise, surprise, Lauren Clippard goes out and swims way faster than everyone else, uh, for lack of a better phrase there. She wins the 200 free, finishes second in the 100 back. So really, really good performance from her, especially. And you, obviously you had a lot, of other, a lot of other swimmers put up some really low times there as well on both sides of things, both the men – uh, and the women there. Now we get ready for the postseason. Crosley YMCA is all set up and ready to go uh, for the postseason. Uh, Craig, let me start with you. What's the confidence level amongst these coaching staffs coming out of the GMC and going into the postseason and looking towards the ability to advance? Well, you know, obviously this is when you get ready for the tournament with swimming, a sport like swimming, they uh, – you know, they work on tapering their times. So this is obviously the most critical part of the year. Uh, you know, they haven't had probably the same amount of swimming that they normally do. It, they, the number of meets um, have been reduced because of, you know, COVID and, and it's definitely been a unique season for swimming, but all of a sudden here we are, we had GMCs this past weekend, the sectionals are next week, or sorry, this week, districts the following and, and then states. So this is the time of the year that they're tapering, they're training to lower their time week by week to give them the best shot to advance. And um, I think it's just a matter of how hard are they going to work this week in the pool and, and to get ready for Friday and um, Saturday. So, Mike, what's your sense on how the student athletes felt in their performances coming out of the pool there? As Craig talked about the coaching staff from the player's perspective, what's your sense there and how they feel their chances are in the sectional to advance? Well, I think, you know, speaking from last year with Lauren and, you know, some of the other kids that have come back, they've they've been there before. Uh, so, you know, another year under their belt, they're just kind of gaining a little bit of that confidence. Uh, and, and, you know, having been there and done it before, it makes it a little bit easier. Uh, so the process in doing it is, is obviously a little bit more uh, normal for them. So I just, you know, hopefully they're they're able to stay healthy and we're able to stay out of any of these unforeseen issues that we've had. So, uh hopefully for them that they get the chance to continue to compete. They're headed into the postseason. Your wrestling team has postseason coming up. It's still, it's still a little bit of ways off, not necessarily right on the doorstep, but close by, but we did learn the draw that is, that has been announced here. The, the team's going to be seated fourth in the Lebanon portion of the sectional with Mason being uh, the number one seed there in at the Lebanon site. Uh, your team coming off of a nice win Saturday against Lakota East. Win that one, uh, forty-four to thirty. So, continue to build, move, build in the right direction. Keep things going in a positive manner in that respect. Uh, Craig, what's the what's the team mood right now coming off that Lakota East uh, meet there, and what's on the docket this week? Um, I, you know, I think the mood in general in the program is uh, they're they're really excited. You know, it's been a very exciting year for wrestling. Uh, you know, they had a tough match Friday night with Lebanon. Uh, Lebanon's also in their sectional. 
Uh, Lebanon's a very, very good team, ranked number four in the city. We're right behind them at number five. Um, they wrestled Middletown Friday night in, in another duel. Um, they were they were able to uh, beat Middletown and then wake up the next morning, drive to Fairmont, and they uh, dueled Lakota East, another great team in the league. Um, fortunate enough to get the win, and it kind of sets themselves up for a very big matchup uh, this week with Fairfield on Saturday. They travel to Fairfield. Uh, they wrestle at 10 a.m., and uh, Fairfield and Colerain both sit with one loss each in, in the league. Uh, Mason's undefeated. So big match for them this Saturday. If they're fortunate enough to, to handle their business against Fairfield, it puts them in a position to potentially finish the season uh, second place in the league. And I don't um, talk to my coach earlier this week. I don't know if they've ever finished higher than fourth or fifth in the GMC. So definitely a big match this Saturday against the Indians, and they're looking forward to it. They're excited. Mike, what's it do for an athletic department in general when you see a team like this breaking through, you know, higher than they've ever gone before? You know, I, I think overall, looking at all of our winter sports have, have, have really uh, performed extremely well. Uh, obviously, we're excited as an athletic department that, that our programs are doing well and, you know, continue to hopefully give them the confidence and give them the tools they need to continue, uh, you know, a prolonged uh, period of success and maybe just not, uh, a spike uh, one year, but hopefully, you know, continue to give them the things they need to um, continue this to this success. And, you know, we look across all of our winter sports. We've got, you know, our, our AQT, we've got our swimming, we have our basketball, you know, we've performed very, very well in the winter season this year. As we're uh, moving along here on the show and, and, and winding down this week's episode, uh, Craig, uh, a, a lot of postseason activity going on right now, but it also means for the winter sport athletes, for the seniors in particular, careers starting to wind down. And, and some of those athletes will be looking to move on uh, to the next level. And of course, we got a pretty big day coming up uh, at Colerain this week where some of those student athletes will be able to make it official for their plans for the future. Tell us about it. Yeah, so tomorrow is National Signing Day, and um, we are looking to put on a presentation actually Thursday. Um, most schools will be doing it tomorrow on Wednesday. Wednesday, actually, for our school is a remote learning day, so we don't have any kids in the building tomorrow, so we thought it would be best to move it to Thursday. Uh, so we'll be holding a ceremony in the afternoon um, after lunch, and I'm actually going to let Mike kind of uh, walk us through how that ceremony is going to go this Thursday. Yeah, so like Craig said, we decided to do it Thursday just in the fact that we have a remote day on Wednesday. Didn't think it'd be right to take the kids out of class. Uh, so Thursday, we're going to be uh, offering 10 minutes uh, time slots for uh, kids and their their family, uh, their their immediate family to come up to school. Uh, we will do the, you know, the traditional signing day. We'll have the backdrop in the gym and all that. Uh, we have nine kids uh, that have committed to uh, come on Thursday. Some were previous signees uh, when we weren't able to do the in-person signings. We welcome them back to, to be able to experience that. Uh, and then we are also uh, intending to Facebook live stream it uh, so that anybody else that can't come uh, will have the opportunity to watch. Uh, just kind of a creative, different way to, to hopefully bring as many people in and to be a part of this as as they can, because it's a special day for the kids, their families, uh, and for the school. Fans will notice as they're listening to this podcast or perhaps watching it on wearecolrain.com that we are, we are choosing this week not to announce 
what what stu- which student athletes are signing, which sport, and also most importantly, which school they are signing with. It's we're going to let the, the kids have the spotlight next week on next week's show. We will give a full recap of the day's events and uh, and uh, who signed there. Uh, lastly, before uh, I let you guys go there, and we'll be looking forward to that on next week's show. Obviously, a pretty big football game coming up uh, this Sunday. Everybody, a lot of folks will be tuning in there, and they'll have their their spreads at their homes and what have you. And uh, we'll see who who wins the big one between Kansas City and Tampa Bay. Uh, Craig, let me start with you. Uh, can you give me a prediction for the game? And also, what kind of spread will you have at your home in order to prepare? <laughs> uh, I love this question. I love it. Um, <laughs> this, yeah, honestly, this is tough. I it's hard to it's hard to root against Brady. It's hard to bet against Brady. Um, but after watching what Kansas City did to Buffalo, I, I'm going to go with Kansas City. I think they're just the offensively. I just think there's nothing you can do to really slow them down. So I'm going to go. I'm going to go 31-27 Kansas City, and uh, I'm definitely going to go with. There's going to be wings at my spread. So. Okay, so we'll keep on track of the wings, and we're also going to see next <laughs> week if these two guys are actually in joining us from their offices or being stuck at home because they're so full from from party food. So, uh, all right. So Craig's going to go with, uh, Craig's going to go with Casey here and he'll have wings at the house, you know, Kansas city themed barbecue type of theme there. Uh, Mike, what say you? Oh, I've had this, this argument quite a bit, but you know, you, you can't, <laughs> go against, man, you can't, uh, when a guy's been in 20% of all the Super Bowls, think about that 20% of all the Super Bowls Tom Brady's been in. So it's what they've done this year, kind of clicking, you know, I, I got as much as I disliked Brady in New England, I kind of like him now with Tampa. So I'm gonna have to go with Brady. Wait, what? What's the and, change? I don't know. Why, why don't you hate him now that he's Belichick. not in New England? I don't know. I don't know. I, okay. I would have to agree with that statement. <laughs> or is he is he just less hateable now? <laughs> I guess I don't know. I, I know what it is? I, you got to respect it, though. You got to respect. Yeah. It. Yeah, no, especially in his first year in Tampa, right. you know, going to the Super Bowl at, at age 43. You know, I saw something earlier this week. It said Steve Young went into the Hall of Fame at 43, and here is Brady in his <laughs> million Super Bowl. Uh, what kind of spread are you going to have at your house, Mike? And is it going to be better than Craig's? Uh, my mother-in-law makes, uh, I don't know, it's kind of become a tradition, uh, uh, like a fajita chicken soup. It's delicious. I, it's, she only makes it out at Super Bowl. so good. I'm. Uh, it's I'm coming from the mother-in-law, so good man. Good answer <laughs> right there. So it, it'll be a lot of fun to watch that. And uh, we certainly appreciate you guys giving us their predictions there and uh, kind of give us a, a preview of what we can expect as far as our spreads go. But uh, all in all, uh, uh, here at Colerain, a, a very good week, a very exciting time right now with the postseason looming. And, of course, we have signing day coming up. And uh, we'll talk about that uh, and a lot more uh, next week. Uh, Craig, Mike, appreciate the time. Thank all right. You. Thanks. Appreciate it. That is Colerain Athletic Director Craig Ulin and Assistant AD Mike Wiseman joining us here for this week in Colerain Cardinals Athletics here on wearecolerain.com at ESP Media, powered by Sidearm Sports.